the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. You know this, but this world leaves us pretty dissatisfied in a lot of ways. The things of this world are not really designed to satisfy us. Jesus Christ is what satisfies. And in the Psalms, in Psalm 17, David says to the Lord, I will be satisfied when I awake in your likeness. When I awake in your presence, then then I'll be satisfied. When I finally see you face to face, then I'll be satisfied. We can all love to have junk food, potato chips, cookies, etc. But a short time later, don't you want more? There's something about junk food that never truly satisfies. Pastor Dan shares that unlike junk food and the things of this world, there's only one thing or person who completely satisfies, Jesus. You often seek after answers to questions and look for solutions to problems by looking to the world for answers. But the world can never satisfy like Jesus can. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 46 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Israel is is a family, they're not a nation, and they're not even really a very large family. You look over in verse 27, Jacob's entire family numbers only 70 people. It's, you know, Abraham came into the land more than 200 years before, and God told Abraham, I'm going to make of you a great nation. Your descendants are going to be like the stars in the sky and the sand on the, uh, on the seashore. And, and 200 years later, there's only 70 people in the family. That's not much. I, you know, I, I count it. I have a lot of brothers and sisters. And just in my immediate family, brothers, sisters, their spouses, their kids, great, there's 57 people in my family. And so that's not many. And we know that God's going to take like another 400 years to finally make them into a great nation. Listen, the promises of God are trustworthy. But sometimes... The timing of God is slower than we would like. Have you noticed that? <laughs> right? That he's, he's not on your schedule or my schedule. He's kind of on his own schedule. And so a small family will go down to Egypt. And while they're in Egypt, God will make them a great nation there. And then God will bring them back out of Egypt. If you turn with me over to Exodus chapter 1, because this is really setting the stage for the book of Exodus. Uh, Exodus chapter 1. It says, now in verse 1, Now these are the names of the children of Israel who came to Egypt. Each man in his household came with Jacob, and it lists the names there of his sons in verses 2 through 4. Verse 5 says, And all those who were descendants of Jacob were 70 persons, for Joseph was in Egypt already. And Joseph died, all his brothers and all that generation, 
But the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly, multiplied and grew exceedingly mighty. And the land was filled with them, the land of Egypt. Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, look, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we come. Let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply and it happen in the event of war that they also join our enemies and fight against us. So go up out of and and so go up out of the land. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh supply cities, Pithom and Ramses. But the, the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were in dread of the children of Israel. So the Egyptians made the children of Israel serve with rigor. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage and mortar and brick and all manner of service in the field. All their service in which they made them serve was with rigor. So they were enslaved in Egypt because they grew into this great nation, because they multiplied which will lead to God delivering them out of their bondage in Egypt. So it's setting the stage, really, for the the exodus. Now, back in Genesis 46, verse 3, God says, I'll make of you a great nation there. I'll go down with you to Egypt. I'll be with you in Egypt. That's always God's answer to our fears, that he's with us. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. Fear not. I'll be with you. His presence in our lives is always his answer to our fears. God says, I'll go with you to Egypt. I'm not going to send you down there uh, uh, alone. To me, all right, like that's all I need to hear. You know, you can do anything if God's with you, so let's go kind of thing. He's, he's with me, I'm in. Then God says, I will bring you up again to Canaan. That's going to be more than 400 years after they went down to Egypt. And so Egypt's not going to be their permanent home. It's temporary. And, and God will bring them back to the land of Canaan. And he says, and Joseph will put his hand on your eyes, meaning Joseph will be present with you until the day you die. This must have been comforting for Jacob to hear that, to know that he's going to be reunited with his son and that his son would, will be with him until the day of his death. And so now that God has spoken and has given Jacob the green light to go to Egypt, he continues his journey in verse 5. Then Jacob arose from Beersheba and the sons of Israel carried their father Jacob, their little ones and their wives in the carts which Pharaoh had sent to carry him. And so they took their livestock and their goods, which they had acquired in the land of Canaan. And they went to Egypt, Jacob and all his descendants with him, his sons and his sons' sons, his daughters and his sons' daughters and all his descendants he brought with him to Egypt. Now, when I read this, I picture the Beverly Hillbillies. You know, with Jed, like, loading up the truck and moving to Beverly. You know, here's Jake loading up the carts and moving down to Egypt kind of thing. So they head down to Egypt, his whole entire family with him. Wouldn't that be great to have all of your kids and grandkids move with you wherever you move? That's a wonderful thing. And now these were the names of the children of Israel, Jacob and his sons, who went to Egypt. And then in verses 8 to 25, we have a list of the names of Jacob's family members who went down to Egypt. And again, we're not going to read through all these names together, but you can on your own this, this evening as you're going to sleep, if you'd like to read these names. Um, if there's any, you know, I, I, Ken and Heidi had their baby yesterday. Anybody else here that's pregnant, if you're looking for a baby name, there's a good list of names for you here. 
A lot of good Bible names. If you're expecting twins, I do want to point out a couple names and recommend a couple names for you in verse 21. You have Muppum and Huppum. How about that? How cute would that be? Now, these names are insignificant to us, but they're significant to God. These are people that he loves, that he knows, that his thoughts are, of them are, are more than can be numbered. He knows the number of hairs on their heads. A couple of names I do want to point out to you in all seriousness. In verse 12, we have the sons of Judah and Perez and Hezron are mentioned there. Perez and Hezron are listed in the genealogy of Jesus in the New Testament, Luke chapter 3. So, so here we see the line of the Messiah, this promised Savior who's going to come into the world to die for the sins of the world. We see that thread here in verse, verse 12 with, with Judah. So look down at verse 26. And all the persons who went with Jacob to Egypt, who came from his body, besides Jacob's sons, wives, were 66 persons in all. And the sons of Joseph, who were born to him in Egypt, were two persons. So all the persons of the house of Jacob who went to Egypt were 70. So 70 went down to Egypt. Now, in Acts chapter 7, verse 14, Stephen, as he's giving his sermon about the history of Israel, he says 75 were in Egypt. Not that 75 went down to Egypt, but 75 were in Egypt. It's not a contradiction. Stephen included the five grandsons born to Joseph after Jacob and his family came down to uh, Egypt. So I just wanted to mention that because somebody will ask me after the service. Now look at verse 28. Then he sent Judah before him to Joseph to point out before him the way to Goshen. And they came to the land of Goshen. Now, I like that Jacob sends Judah to go before them to show them the way to Goshen. You know, Jesus is from the tribe of Judah. And Jesus has gone before us into heaven to show us the way to heaven. He is the way, right? I am the way, the truth, and the life. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 20 says of Jesus that Jesus has gone as the forerunner on our behalf to heaven. He's our our forerunner into heaven. He's our forerunner into the presence of the Father. He's gone before us to prepare a place for us in the Father's house to lead the way through his death and resurrection. So Joseph made ready his chariot, and he went up to Goshen to meet his father Israel, and he presented himself to him and fell on his neck and wept on his neck a good while. We can't imagine the emotion, right, of this, of this, of this reunion for 22 years. Jacob believed his son was dead. He'd never see him again. And now they're embracing. If you're, if you're a Christian here today, you've trusted Christ for salvation. In heaven, we will be reunited with our loved ones who have died in Christ. And we'll have this, this reunion. And how overwhelming will that be to see those loved ones again? So after they wept together a good while, verse 30 says... And Israel said to Joseph, now let me die, (laughs) since I have seen your face, 
because you're still alive. (laughs) This reminds me of in the New Testament, Simeon. Remember Simeon, the old guy that was at the temple when Jesus was born and Mary and Joseph bring the newborn Jesus to the temple and Simeon sees Jesus and scoops him up and holds him in his arms and, and says, now, Lord, you can let your servant die in peace because I have seen your salvation. Let me die. And that, that's, you know, that's, that's Jacob's feeling here. Now that I've seen my son, I'm, I'm ready to die. I'm ready to go. I can die in peace. And Jacob was satisfied. He was satisfied. He, he could die in peace because he's been reunited with his son after two decades of separation and, and heartache. And now, you know, just satisfied now. Now I can go. You know this, but this world leaves us pretty dissatisfied in a lot of ways. And the things of this world are not really designed to satisfy us. Jesus Christ is what satisfies. And in the Psalms, in Psalm 17, David says to the Lord, I will be satisfied when I awake in your likeness. When I awake in your presence, then, then I'll be satisfied. When I finally see you face to face, then I'll be satisfied. When we see Jesus Christ face to face, we'll experience a real, deep, true satisfaction that you you just can't find in anything in this world. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now let's finish today's message. Now watch verse 31. We're almost finished here. Then Joseph said to his brothers and to his father's household, I will go up and tell Pharaoh and say to him, my brothers and those of my father's house who were in the land of Canaan have come to me and the men are shepherds for their occupation has been to feed livestock and they have brought their flocks, their herds and all that they have. And so it shall be when Pharaoh calls you and says, what is your occupation that you shall say your servant's occupation has been with livestock from our youth, even till now, both we and also our fathers, that here's why you may dwell in the land of Goshen for every shepherd is an abomination to the Egyptian, the Egyptians. Joseph acts as a mediator between his family and Pharaoh. And Joseph was the perfect mediator. In fact, he's the only one qualified to be the mediator between his family and Pharaoh. A mediator must uh, represent both parties equally that are involved in the mediation. Joseph was a Hebrew, so he could represent his family. And at the same time, By all standards, Joseph was an Egyptian, so he could represent the Egyptians. So Joseph was the perfect mediator because he was both Hebrew and Egyptian. So Joseph says to his family, I'll speak to Pharaoh on your behalf. 
Now, first Timothy chapter two, verse five says, for there is one God. Do you know that there's one God? And there's one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. Jesus is the only mediator between God and mankind, and he is the only one qualified to mediate between God and man because he's both fully man and fully God. And so he's the only one who can represent both sides in the mediation. He's the only one who can reconcile God and mankind together. Now watch what Joseph instructs his family to say to Pharaoh. Pay attention to this. Again, verse 33, he says, when Pharaoh calls you and says, what is your occupation? You shall say your servant's occupation has been with livestock. We're shepherds from our youth. Even till now, both we and also our fathers, that you may dwell in the land of Goshen for every shepherd is an abomination to the Egyptians. Shepherds were an abomination to the Egyptians. They detested shepherds. They like wool. They like lamb to eat, but they detested shepherds and sheep. Why? Because Egypt was a land of farming. And sheep will destroy your farmland. Joseph, now watch this. He instructed his family that when Pharaoh asks your occupation, tell them you're shepherds and that you keep livestock. And not only that, tell them you've been shepherds your whole life and that your fathers were shepherds and your grandfathers were shepherds. All you know is shepherding. This is what you you guys are all about, shepherding. Make that clear to Pharaoh. Now, we might expect Joseph to say to his family, hey, they detest shepherds here in Egypt. So when Pharaoh asks you about your occupation, don't say you're a shepherd. You know, tell him you work in supply chain management or textiles or you're an analyst. But just don't mention that you are a shepherd. But Joseph gives his brothers the opposite advice. They think shepherds are an abomination here. So make sure you tell him you're shepherds and that you've always been shepherds and that your parents were shepherds and your grandfather was a shepherd. And that all you know is shepherding. Make sure you tell him, make that clear when he asks. Why? Because when Pharaoh finds out that they're shepherds, he's going to have them settle in the land of Goshen. Away from all the Egyptians. He's going to separate them. Oh, you're shepherds? You guys have to go live over here. Away from us. And here's what's going to happen. Listen, listen, give me your attention. They will be separated from all of the corruption. And all of the pollution of the Egyptian culture. And their paganism. And their idolatry. And their immorality. Joseph wisely instructs his family to tell Pharaoh they are shepherds for their own purity. For their own preservation. He knew Pharaoh would say, your shepherds go live in Goshen. We don't want you living around us. We don't like shepherds. We'll put you off by yourself. Separate it from us. 
Great. Then we won't be defiled by the Egyptians. Living in Goshen will keep Israel pure and holy and undefiled from the Egyptian culture. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to boldly identify with Jesus Christ and our culture, whether that's at school or at work or wherever it may be, for your own purity. For your own purity. I hear Christians sometimes say things like, well, I don't really want to tell people that I'm a Christian because I know some people find Christianity offensive. And so I don't want to broadcast that I'm a Christian because I don't want to be ostracized at work or at school or treated differently than anyone else or get excluded from things because of my Christian beliefs. No, that's a reason why you should broadcast that you're a Christian. So that those who think Christians are an abomination to society. And that the Bible is an abomination on our culture. And the church is an abomination. So that they don't want to be around you. And they don't want you around them. And that isolation. That isolation will preserve your purity. And your holiness. And your separateness. To God. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17 says, Come out from among unbelievers and separate yourself from them, says the Lord. Be separate from them. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 26 says, Jesus was holy, undefiled, and separate from sinners. You broadcast that you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you start telling people that you're a follower of Jesus Christ. You'll see a separation happen. You'll see a separation happen. Jesus said, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. You let your light shine for Jesus Christ. And, it, and it's, it's going to bring a separation. And it will help to preserve your purity, your holiness. Because Jesus also said that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. And just like if you turn on a light and the roaches scatter, you start shining your light, you're going to see who you know thinks that Christianity is an abomination and Jesus is an abomination, that Bible stuff and that church stuff is an abomination. Because they're going to split. They're not going to want to be around you. So don't hide your light. Let your light shine. For your own purity's sake. To preserve your holiness. Yeah, but I won't get invited to lunch anymore. Yeah, and you won't be defiled by the conversation at lunch anymore. You see? It'll keep you pure. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for just this beautiful chapter in the way that you worked all things together for good in Joseph's life and Jacob's life and how you brought them back together. We thank you for all the ways that we see Jesus in the scriptures. Lord, I pray that we would be bold for you, especially as the culture just seems to be getting darker and darker. We would let our light shine, that we would boldly proclaim Jesus Christ and boldly identify with you. 
in this culture. And Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Genesis. Although some might view Genesis simply as a historical account of genealogies, the undercurrent throughout this book entails a broader understanding of God's nature toward His people. You're introduced to God's care and concern for His creation, how sin stained what God had created, and what God intended to do to atone for the sin that overshadowed the world altogether. God's plan included a Savior that would envelop His creation in love and sacrifice that might seem incomprehensible to the average person. But God's ways are higher than anything that we as humans can understand. Yet He chose to come to our level anyway. That's a Creator God who's invested for the long haul. If anything about today's message has struck a chord with you, we'd like to talk with you. Please give us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. If you're not connected yet with a local church, we highly encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your growing faith. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Dan will have more to share from the book of Genesis next time, right here on Ring of Truth. Recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know his voice and it only takes willingness and a conscious choice. You need not guess there's a ring of truth that is unmistakable. And knowing that you cannot find alone. And if you listen carefully and sometimes even if you General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.